The History Man with Terry Kringle. Hello. There will be some people who will remember the singing halls in downtown Douglas. We would walk along Strand Street and there they were, open to the street itself, and filled with people singing popular songs of the day at the tops of their voices, encouraged by the people who ran these establishments. They were still going strong, as far as my boyhood memories are concerned, until some time after the Second World War. But they had not been as popular with some Douglas townspeople as they had been with the visitors, and there was active opposition to them. In fact, I'm able to refer to an article published in 1925 called The Nuisance of the Singing Halls. This tells us that ever since the late Victorian boom in the Manx visiting industry, Douglas had been a favourite location for music publishers to promote their latest songs. This they did in Strand Street. The main objective was to promote the sales of sheet music. The singing halls were highly popular with visitors, especially in wet weather. By 1925 it had also been established in law that the singing halls were not places of entertainment, odd as this may seem, and this meant that they didn't have to have music licences restricting their opening hours. They usually opened shortly after ten o'clock in the morning, and would be open for business until ten o'clock at night, six days a week, uh, not Sundays, you understand. A professional singer, accompanied by a pianist, led the singing, with the audience being encouraged to join in the choruses. The hit songs of the day, back then, were decided by the number of copies of sheet music sold across the country. The operators of the singing halls in Strand Street were rival music publishers Bert Feldman and Lawrence Wright, and it was important that they opened wide onto the street to attract the maximum attendances. The result was that there could be a lot of congestion in Strand Street, and there was a lot of noise for hours on end. It's easy to understand why the nearby shopkeepers were full of complaint, and they did have a case. People not interested in going into the singing halls just passed by and didn't go into the shops. Business was being ruined. Meanwhile, as far as 1925 was concerned, the situation had been made even worse by the arrival of things called Tommy Talkers, which were something like a child's toy trumpet. When blown, they produced a raucous sound. Lots of visitors had them, and they made a din even worse than before. Meanwhile, the shopkeepers were taking what action they could. They petitioned Douglas Corporation for some kind of restraint to be imposed on the singing halls. In August 1925, Mr. Feldman and Mr. Wright were taken to court to face allegations of causing a public nuisance. They undertook to install soundproofing on their premises. There were apologies and assurances, and these were accepted. The singing halls could stay open, but they knew they had to cut the noise by the following season or face imprisonment for contempt of court. The authorities had taken a strong line and they had achieved a lot of success. The shopkeepers and their supporters were as satisfied as they could be. What had not been brought into the argument was any possibility of the singing halls being forced to close down permanently. What had to be considered in the overall public good was that the singing halls were a popular feature of having a holiday in the Isle of Man. The visiting industry was the most important sector in the Manx economy of those days. There was no sense in the island cutting its own throat. But the proprietors of the singing halls were on safe ground, 
but on the other hand they still had to buck up their ideas. There had to be acceptable soundproofing, and they knew they had to face up to this. Mind you, other factors were also coming into play. The growing popularity of the newfangled gramophone and its records, and also the wireless, the radio, was likely to reduce demand for sheet music. Not entirely, though, people still liked to have a piano at home for them to play. So the singing halls kept open, and still did good business for years after 1925, until my boyhood days, 